0: March is Women's History Month in the United States. People are celebrating women's empowerment in their companies, in their communities, and families. But when it comes to retirement, there's still a big gap, an investing gap, between men and women. And we may not be fully aware of it or what to do about it. We're seeing a crisis in retirement. And that crisis is magnified for women. Only 52% of women are saving for retirement versus 61% of men. More women than men feel stressed at the thought of investing and are more likely to believe that investing isn't for people like them. On this episode of The Bid, we'll talk to an expert on these issues. Anne Ackerley heads BlackRock's US and Canada defined contribution business, and she co founded our Women's Initiative Network. She'll talk about what we can do to get more women invested, share advice from 34 years working in financial services, and discuss why she thinks the word retirement is outdated. I'm your host, Mary Catherine Later. We hope you enjoy.
1: And thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me.
0: So on our last episode, President Rob Capito talked about the retirement crisis. And his view is that it's actually getting worse. The problem is magnified for women. And our investor polls found that only half of all women have started to even save for retirement. You're an expert in this area. You lead our defined contribution business. And you're also, of course, a woman who's been in financial services for decades, observing these trends over time. So why is this particularly bad for women?
1: Let me just take one step back and say, actually, when I think about statistics like that, where I first go to is access and the fact that a third of Americans don't have access to an employer-sponsored retirement plan. So for both men and women, we start off with a lot of people not being able to save through their employer. Then when we look at women, and only 50%, about 50% of women are even saving for retirement I think it has to do with something I call the triple whammy. So women are going to live longer. Mm. We Mm -hmm. live longer, and our money has to last longer. Two, we tend to make less than men. In the United States, 82 cents on the dollar. And third, we often have gaps in our employment, and sometimes we'll miss out on benefits. And when you take the effect of the three of those things, when we look at 401k plans, We sometimes find that when women get to retirement, their balances might be up to 40% less than men's. Wow. And yet, that money has to last longer. So we have a retirement crisis in the U.S., and we really have a retirement crisis for women. So those three things
0: you mentioned, living longer, making less, gaps in employment, they're sort of out of women's control. So what can we do about it? And what can women do themselves?
1: Money is the number one stressor for both men and women. But when we specifically ask women, you know, why aren't you saving? Why haven't you saved enough? Women will tell you that they feel kind of alienated from the finance industry and alienated from retirement. Three out of four women consider themselves savers, not investors. Women will say that there's too much jargon, there's too much choice. They'll say sometimes their advisors aren't actually helping them, they're telling them, they're not teaching them. So, what can we do? You know, I think as an industry, we've just got to do better here. Mm-hmm. We've got to have less jargon. We've got to make retirement easier. Mm-hmm. Easier for women, easier for men. I think tools can go a long way to helping everybody save more. We're focusing on building some sort of a digital technology-enabled platform to help people save more for retirement. I think that can go a long way. I think we have to help financial advisors get better at, you know, working with women and helping them think about how to save. Right.
0: So making the complex simple and putting aside jargon really requires a mindset shift. Often we think that the complexity is what allows us to add value. So do you see financial advisors and wealth management firms in particular interested in doing that?
1: I think we're trying as an industry. I remember back when I was in our marketing department and somebody once said to me, it was a portfolio manager, and they said to me, but if we don't make this complicated, how will people know we're smart? And I think Hmm. there's something in that, that you're right. The value that we at least historically have tried has been, look, I'm smart. I know a lot. I'm the expert. But it doesn't resonate, and in particular, it doesn't resonate with women. Mm -hmm. This isn't about dumbing it down, Mm -hmm. but it is about using words and using language that people can understand, and that resonates with them. So that's a
0: part of the problem. And at a more micro level, if you have to narrow it down, what are the three things you tell people to do to help plan for retirement?
1: So am I allowed to say, start saving now three times? Absolutely, yes. (laughs) Start saving now, start saving now, start (laughs) saving now. You know, but in all seriousness, the younger you start to save, the better you're going to be. The impact of compounding over time is immense. So if you start saving at 22 versus start saving at 30, has a very big difference into what you will have in retirement. Mm-hmm. Okay, so start saving now. Mm-hmm. Save more. Do everything you can to try to save a little bit more. 401k plans and employers allow you to auto escalate so every year you can set it so it increases automatically you'll hopefully get raises it'll just come out you won't even notice it's gone i would say the third thing is invest appropriately i am a zealot about target date funds i think for most people getting into an age based asset allocated product is the right thing mm-hmm. it's easy the professionals are doing it for you, and we know that asset allocation ultimately drives a lot of returns. And how do people think about that age
0: today, and should women be thinking about that age any differently than men? I mean, I think about when I signed up for a target date fund in my first 401K when I was 22, I probably picked 65 because that's sort of the number that you have in your head as a, quote, retirement age, even though as that's increasingly unrealistic, right? Yes,
1: unrealistic and probably not wanted. Right. You know, If you're going to live to 100, 102, 105, I think the statistic is that the 10-year-olds today will live to 105 in the United States, 107 in Japan. Wow. The notion that you're going to retire at 65 and have 40, 45 years, quote unquote, in retirement, that's becoming very outdated mm-hmm. and unrealistic and I think we're going to have to start thinking about careers, you know, in stages or encore careers, or it probably isn't going to be go to school, get a job, retire. Mm -hmm. It'll probably be, you know, go to school, get a job, go back to school, take a sabbatical, go do something else. But since I said invest in target dates, and I think target dates will evolve over time as retirement changes, but today... Think about an age that you might think about retiring. Maybe it's not 65, maybe it's 70, maybe it's 75, and put your money in that.
0: And how do you see target dates evolving over time? So if today you pick that date, and then it's an asset allocation that's optimized for a certain outcome based on the sort of risk you're willing to tolerate to that date, what do you think might be an option for a 22-year-old graduating in 2025?
1: Great question. I have two young adults, so I spend some time trying to convince both of them to— save, to set up their 401ks, to try to put some of their money in it, I could see it going a whole bunch of ways. As we get to more customized investing, maybe we'll have more customized target dates. You know, I've often thought, should men and women have different target dates, given that our longevity and our earnings profiles are different? That being said, I just want to come back to, as a zealot, for most people, a target date can be a great investment. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: So contributing to a 401k is one piece of the puzzle. But you also mentioned the idea of just saving more and taking advantage of the mechanisms that are out there to help people plan for retirement.
1: One of the biggest issues is just that people aren't saving enough. Mm -hmm. When you look at participants across the board in 401k plans and their employer sponsors plans, only 10% of people who save in 401ks actually reach the IRS match. Wow. People aren't taking advantage of, let's say, the employer match, or they're not maxing to the IRS and taking advantage of all the tax situations. We still need to help people get the full employer match, get the tax benefits, mm-hmm. and try to continue to save. And not to scare people, but you know, today, if you start at 22 and you're going to retire at 65 and you invest in a target date you probably should be saving, combined with your employer, 15% a year. 15% of your total income, pre-tax. pre-tax a year. year. I think in the United States, the average savings rate is probably closer to 6 So we have a lot of way to go Mm -hmm. between where people are and probably where they should be. Mm -hmm. If we go into a period of low returns, that 15%, might become even higher. So there's a lot that we can do to just get people to save more. And you're part of
0: dialogue not only with BlackRock and our clients, but also with government and different regulators around this issue. What level of awareness and interest do you see in solving like the consumer education that you've just talked about now relative to five years ago, 10 years ago?
1: I think there's been increased interest on the part of government around retirement generally. And today, as we look at the legislature, there are quite a number of bipartisan bills around retirement. And I know a rallying cry for BlackRock has been, make it easier. Make it easier for the employer to offer plans. By the way, I would just tell you that in the United States, There is no law, there is no rule that says an employer has to provide a retirement savings plan. So why do they all do it? Just to attract employees? Actually, many don't. don't. The large companies tend to, but many, many, many don't. And so some of what we've advocated for here at BlackRock is make it easier for employers, particularly the small employers. If you do offer one, there's a lot of reporting requirements And we probably need to make it simpler for employers. We might actually have what they call MEPS, which would allow small employers to pool money and make it easier as well.
0: So let's switch gears a little and talk about something more personal. You've been in financial services for 34 years. What's different today about being a woman in finance versus 5, 10, 34 years ago?
1: Let me just start by saying I think finance is a great place for women. I think it's a super dynamic industry, and I think it is a great place to build a career. So I would say to women, come to finance. You know, over the last 34 years, I think there have been a lot of changes. There's, you know, more women coming. I think there's much more consciousness about some of the things that maybe kept women from getting ahead. I think there's a lot more willingness to see women get ahead in finance.
0: You started the Women's Initiative Network at BlackRock. It didn't exist until what year?
1: We started it in about 2010.
0: And what was the intention there, and how has it been impactful?
1: We had just come out of the merger with Barclays, BGI. And so you had BlackRock and BGI coming together. And so it was a great moment in time, I think, from a cultural perspective, to bring these two groups together You know, the network was formed to help BlackRock capitalize on all the female talent that it had. Women are more than 50% of the population. You know, to the extent that BlackRock wasn't making as much use of women, you know, we were leaving talented people on the sidelines. And so the network focuses on helping women develop and make the most of their potential here at the firm.
0: So in your 34 years in the industry, you have worked with and now increasingly mentored so, so many women. What piece of advice do you find has been most impactful as you've talked to them about their careers?
1: I talk to a lot of young women. And a lot of times they'll come in and they'll ask me, Ann, I've heard about this opportunity. Do you think I should put my hand up for it? And mostly what I find is they just need somebody to believe in them, to see them, as being able to do it. And so a lot of the time, really, I'm not giving them. I'm just saying, "Yeah, raise your hand. You can <laughs> do it. You're talented. Go for it." And there's nothing better than seeing a young woman raise her hand, put herself out there, get that job and then just totally crush it. <laughs> That's awesome.
0: I'm going to end with a rapid fire round, so I'll ask you a couple quick questions that you answer like in one sentence or less, ready?
1: Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> do you think you'll retire?
1: Okay, now you'll know the truth. I hate the word "retirement." Really? I think we need to <laughs> banish it from our vocabulary for everybody, because the world is changing. We're going to live longer. I think this should all be about phases, transitions, encore careers. In my encore <laughs> right. career New I term, ho- better term <laughs> <laughs> rather than my retirement, mm. I hope to help women invest. And then I'd love to travel, garden, and cook.
0: That sounds like a busy encore career, like three (laughs) at the same time. That sounds awesome. So I've heard that your son is in a band. What song would you make a guest appearance on?
1: I have absolutely zero musical talent. So it would be (laughs) much better for my son and me if um, I just stayed as a groupie. (laughs) But if you forced me to pick, I'm kind of partial to their song, Keep Mother Sane. Is this an honor of you? No, it is not. (laughs) To be very clear, it is not. Uh, What's the name of the band? Jackals. Cool. Very cool.
0: What book are you reading right now and would you recommend?
1: That is a hard one to pick. So the book I'm reading right this minute is called Say Nothing. I believe it's by Patrick Keefe, and it's about Northern Ireland and the Troubles. It's fascinating. It's kind of a true murder mystery wrapped into that time. But I also just finished Becoming by Michelle Obama. Highly recommend that. And if I could, I'd do a third. Go for it. Okay. Bad Blood by John Carreau about Theranos. Fascinating read.
0: I just read Becoming and Bad Blood also. Really enjoyed (laughs) them both. They're great. What's something your colleagues don't know about you?
1: Hmm, when you work at a place for 20 years, I think they know everything. <laughs> Is that really true? They know a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they know a lot. Maybe that my first job was on a farm stand. Doing what? I was the cashier. So from the cashier on the farm stand selling corn to uh, the world of high finance on Wall Street. Wow, and where was this farm stand? On Long Island. Oh, gosh,
0: Okay. <laughs> And in those 34 years, what is the one thing you're most proud of?
1: Well, I'd obviously have to say my two children, Jack and Juliet. But if it's work-related, I'd say, you know, coming to BlackRock, helping to build this company, and, you know, staying true to our mission of helping people have better financial futures.
0: Well, thank you, Anne, so much for talking about how exactly you're doing that today. And thanks for
1: joining us. Thanks for having me.
2: This material is for informational purposes and is prepared by BlackRock, is not intended to be relied upon as a forecast, research, or investment advice, and is not a recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any securities or adopt any investment strategy. The opinions expressed are as of the date of publication and are subject to change. The information and opinions contained in this material are derived from proprietary and non-proprietary sources deemed by BlackRock to be reliable and are not guaranteed as to accuracy or completeness. This material may contain forward-looking information that is not purely historical in nature. There is no guarantee that any forecast made will come to pass. Reliance upon information in this material is at the sole discretion of the listener. Past performance is not indicative of current or future results. This information provided is neither tax nor legal advice, and investors should consult with their own advisors before making investment decisions. Investment involves risk, including possible loss of principal. The principal value is not guaranteed at any time, including at the target date. This material is not an offer to sell or an invitation to apply for any particular product or service. In the U.S., this material is intended for public distribution. In Latin America, this material is for educational purposes only and does not constitute investment advice nor an offer or solicitation to sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy any shares of any fund. No securities regulators in Latin America have confirmed the accuracy of any information contained herein. The provision of investment management and investment advisory services is a regulated activity in Mexico, thus is subject to strict rules. For more information on the investment advisory services offered by BlackRock Mexico, please refer to the Investment Services Guide available at blackrock.com/mx. Copyright 2019 BlackRock Inc. All rights reserved. BlackRock is a registered trademark of BlackRock Inc. All other trademarks are those of their respective owners. The principal value is not guaranteed at any time, including at the target date. This material is not an offer to sell or an invitation to apply for any particular product or service.